quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, Yes Guy. Welcome to episode 68 of Yes Guy. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Coming up on the show today very shortly, Jimmy Holmstrom, the organist for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Rick Jenneret, the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Sabres, and Ron Foxcroft from Fox 40 and Fluke Transport, and of course the obligatory Yes Guy, No Guy to end the proceedings. Perry, how are you this week, sir? I'm doing great and can't wait to hear one of our sponsors because he's always animated. He is. He's got plenty to talk about. It's March Madness, and he's a key figure in that, and we'll get to that very shortly. Looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, has 27 award-winning years of real estate experience. So looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call him or text him at 647-292-8886. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka, Charles Park will not be outworked by anybody. And introducing Fox 40's new premium whistle the fox 40 titan in a sleek titanium body the titan emulates the authentic sound of the fox 40 classic available now in titanium gold or matte black go to fox40shop.com for that guest number one from the organ booth at scotia bank arena and also uh, way back when at maple leaf gardens jimmy holmstrom jimmy how are you Well, hello, Mr. Taddy. It's wonderful to hear your voice, but not see you in person because we do meet every single night, which is uh, awesome, except when you're on the air and then I run and hide. So how are you doing today? We're doing great. And that that you just won the award for the best intro in Yes Guy history right there. Oh, geez. All right. Well, then I'm going to get warmed up and I'm going to let you have it. Anyway, thank you for having me on. And uh, as a... Uh, Long-time hockey enthusiast, crazed fanatic, fan. Uh, I'm glad to talk anything uh, hockey and or music. So if you want to ask away, Jim, I'll be. If, if it's interesting enough, I'll try to. If I'm interesting enough, I'll try to give you an answer. Okay, well, Perry's well, is- a music guy too. So the first thing I'm going to ask you right off the top is, how did you get employed by the Leafs? Like, how did this start for you? This goes back a decades, right? Uh, five decades and I'm still alive. I still have a pulse. So this is a good thing. Jim, way back in the uh, 70s and 80s, I was in a rock band called Doc Savage, and we traveled all across the country, and we were full-time employed. It was all great uh, until it wasn't. And when it wasn't great, I had made contacts in uh, in studios uh, doing commercials and things on the side because you can't make a living as a musician, I found out. Uh, it only took me 15, 16 years to figure that out. But I was in a studio, and Gord Stellick was there, and the Stellick brothers both made my uh, changed my life 100% totally uh, because he said, I need you Saturday night if you're interested. He was in the studio, and I was playing around. Like when you're in the studio, you're doing commercials, and then you're goofing off, you know, doing things like this. <laughs> and, and so on and so on. And so I was goofing around, and he said, do you know hockey? And I said, do I know hockey? Well, that's another song. doesn't matter. Uh, and he invited me down in, back in <laughs> 87. And I went, I went into, the, into the gardens. And again, he looked at me and he said, oh, do you want to sit in? There was another organist there, of course. And he said, do you want to sit in? Because we're looking for more organists. And that's another whole chapter. But I said, 
sure, why not? He said, well, there's like 17,000 people here. I said, hey, I was in Timmins last week playing to 17. I can handle 17,000. And away we went. I jumped on the organ. First thing I did was something like this. And he said, okay, you can stick around for a bit. So I just, I goofed around. And then I realized there was actual, there was actually other songs that I didn't know. Uh, but I had to learn, you know, something like this. Come on. <laughs> and he said, that's it. That's the one. Okay. Uh, so there were other organists back in the 80s, seven or eight of them, to be a, to, to, in fact. But in uh, 1988, at the beginning of the season, 88-89, I was the only one left. You know, it's like the last guy standing kind of thing. And so Gord gave me the job, and then he passed that on to Bob. And both gentlemen protected me very well from the elements and from falling over the side. We were, as you remember, Jim, we were up on the top in that... <laughs> Like, like, oh, my gosh, it was like plank wood, uh, you know, (laughs) not tiled, no carpet. And if you leaned over the side, you're going over the side. So, you know, sit back and relax. Don't get too enthusiastic. And that's the problem with me. I am I'm 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 a fanatic and I'm enthusiastic all the time. And again, so many stories. You keep that throwing questions at me and I'll, I'll segue into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw a question at you, and it's there's a song called Hava Nagila, which you play, which is music to the ears of anybody who's gone to a bar mitzvah and wedding. So I, I'm going to ask you, can you can you play that right now, and how did that become part of your repertoire? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't let you finish. <laughs> yes, uh, you know what? When I went, when I when I was starting out, I knew because I was a full time musician. I knew hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rock and roll songs, bar songs. You know, I can play Stairway to Heaven, I can play House of the Rising Sun, but didn't work in hockey games. So I started listening to more and more, uh, cl- let's call them clappers, songs that make your feet, you know, tap, stomp, and whatever. Havanagila, yes, I've been to many. I've I've I played a, a bat mitzvah myself, uh, you know, back before I was in, uh, well, I was a full-time musician. I did everything. I sold my soul. I played weddings, funerals, uh, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, you name it. I played it. Might have played your wedding, you know, who knows? Anyway, just saying, <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been a musician since I was like seven years old. So I've learned, and I mean, I, I, was, I was an actor when I was eight. So like I've been literally... Uh, a musician my entire life. I've done several jobs, but music was always there. Havana Nagila worked. The first time I played it, it worked so well. On my right hand, I play it, you know, da 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 da. On my left hand, I hit the, the clapper, the drum, the drum, you know, bass drum. And the people would clap along, and it's become a staple. If, if anything, I played it too much back in the uh, 90s. Uh, so I try to get it in once or twice a game if I can. And what's surprising and wonderful is when the fans start rocking to anything that the, 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 you know, the DJs or I do, it, it, it lightens up the whole building, as you know. And we just pray and, and hope that it is sparking the team, too, because let's face it, 19, 20,000 people stomping and clapping and cheering for whatever uh, has got to have some kind of a, a positive reaction on the players. That's what, that's what we're all about. That's what game operations is all about. Now that's, I used to be just Jimmy up in the organ loft. Now I'm a, just a small part of a, you know, 40 piece game operation group that just 
tries to keep the fans engaged. I hope that answers. Well, let's your talk about Jimmy the, the the absolutely. Let's talk about Jimmy the rock star. So so that rock band you were in, uh, what what uh, what music did you play, and what was your favorite stuff back then? Uh, well. The, the band was called Doc Savage, and we played. We were with uh, well, CPI, uh, which is the agency at the time, and we played. Uh, let's say a lot of progressive rock. We played. Uh, we played all sorts of different music to survive in the bar scene. For example, we would do a, a, a BG's clone set, and we used to play on Young Street and uh, over at the Jarvis House downtown. And several media people, Mike Brophy, like so many people that over the years, and Leaks. Uh, would come into the bar like after after hours, and they would cheer us on, and you know that that would spark that would spark us off. If anything was funny about it is if there was a hockey game on, it didn't matter where I the band was set up in the bar. I always turned the keyboard around so I could watch the TV at the same time. So sometimes I forgot the words to the songs I was playing because you know Lanny scored, yes. Why is Jimmy not singing? He's jumping up and down. Uh, yeah, I'm, I I was a nut. Not fan for the sport, but the the music was was always there. We turned original in the late eighties, and uh, and that almost worked out. We got really close, but you know what? Without a record deal, you you don't really go anywhere. So at, we called it a day, and that's a really great story. But it I, one that'll probably get me killed by my former empl- uh, partners. But what really broke up the band, you ready? I'm a musician, full-time musician on the road. What broke up the band was Wayne Gretzky. Now, how, how on earth could that have <laughs> happened? Well, the band Dog Savage was playing in uh, some places up like uh, Milford Bay, up at uh, you know, Lake, Lake Russell. And in walked Janet Jones. And she stopped everybody's people, everybody on their tracks because she was drop-dead gorgeous, as we're all aware. And she came walking up to the stage, and she says, hey, Little Billy Joel, can I sing with you or play with you? I said, come on up. And she said, well, I want, to meet you. I want you to meet my boyfriend first. And if I didn't drop dead when Jana walked in, I did when Wayne dropped in. Because he, of course, <laughs> said, hi, my name is uh, Wayne Gretzky. I said, I, I, know, uh, I, I know. Oh, God. I, then I turned to the guys in the band. And the three guys in the band said, what are you doing, Jim? Like, we got we to gotta set to do. Get back off. Let, you know, let these people get them off the stage. And meanwhile, I'm still drooling. I, as I, as I, because I spoke to the, the, to the, to two of them and their manager, their agent there, every day of the week. Then, well, Wayne did want us to play all sorts of events for him from that moment on, because, because Janet was in, 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 just engrossed with the band and what the type of music we were doing. It was everything, like Billy Joel, um, Super Tramp. Uh, Oh my gosh, Zeppelin when you needed, when the bar got a little drunk and ugly. Oh, you had to come into Zeppelin. So it was all that kind of stuff. But when our band said to me and the manager, you're not going to fly down to, you know, out, out west to do something progressive. You're not going to go to do a Brantford tennis tournament. You're not doing it. That was it. I said, okay, you know what? This was close. It wasn't the, 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 the final piece, but it was for me. And then within four or five months, the band broke up. I still was, was receiving calls from from uh, Wayne's boss, and uh, you said, you know, can you come here? Can you do this? I said, nope, band's gone. Six months later, I'm sitting up in the gardens playing the organ, and I look down. I'm rehearsing like five o'clock. Gretzky's on the bench down there getting warmed up. Well, of course, I had to run down and say hello. That's the last time I talked to him. That was like 88 because then he got, I mean, he was already huge, but again, we're not really supposed to engage, but back then I thought I was here for one or two hockey games. I'm going to take it every advantage I can because I am a fan of Everything leaves, and of course, Mr. Gretzky, except he cost me my career in the bar band business. 
anyway, Jimmy, that that's a great book title. Gretz, Gretz broke up my band. I wish we had more time. Can you play us out? I'd be glad to. Uh, right after last night, last year's Super Bowl, this was my favorite song to play. Okay, Jimmy Holmstrom on the uh, organ. If you're an experienced real estate agent looking for a comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, Remax West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. Master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. This is YESGUY on TSN 1050. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055. Or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. This is Yes Guy, the radio show. Jim Taddy and Perry Left go with you, and we go top drawer now. Rick Jenneret, voice of the Sabres, is with us on his way to the rink. It's a game day for him. Rick, we appreciate you stopping by. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And, yes, I do know Herb Braley. You're good. That was a nice connection. Me, but I just thought I'd tell you anyway. <laughs> well, I was going to get to that, but that's okay. And Herb will be thrilled that you're in his segment. And, you know, Rick, I'm going to do this not to embarrass you, but sometimes when we know people, we don't trumpet them enough. So remember the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2012, you were inducted the Foster Hewitt Award. And, of course, Sabres Hall of Fame, Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame, and the Buffalo Broadcasters Hall of Fame. I mean, these are accomplishments. How, how do you deal with all of that? Well, you forgot the uh, Bare Knuckle Boxing Hall of Fame. <laughs> I have no idea why I was inducted into that one, but yes, I was. <laughs> I, uh, well, uh, uh, yeah. That one was a little bit off the wall, uh, to be honest. And you know, there's, a, there's been some other ones, too, where I grew up in the town of Terrace Bay, which is on the North Shore of Lake Superior. Um, they have a wall of fame there, and uh, I've been inducted into it as well. I mean, it's it's a wonderful honor, and it's uh, at any level because it's very important for the people who are involved with those halls. And uh, I, I just think it's a it's a wonderful honor, and, and I, I'm really having some tough times, as a matter of fact, coping with it all. Rick, speaking of honors, and maybe just be touching upon what you just said right now. Next Friday, they're going to raise your name to the banner. I'm sure you've seen it happen many times with players. Did you ever think something like this would happen to you? No, <laughs> I honestly didn't. Uh, I, I, I don't even know anything about the ceremony. I'm supposed to be told a little bit more about it today, but they have kept me in the position of uh, the less I know, the better. And, there, and it's probably true because... I'm trying to hang on to uh, as much of this as I can in terms of uh, working at the same time. So I don't want to get overly involved in it. Um, I'm doing whatever I'm told, and uh, it, it will be an honor. And uh, it's, I know it's going to be a big crowd, and I have a wonderful relationship with the fan base uh, of the Sabres. And uh, I, I am looking forward to it a whole lot. Anybody who's ever heard you will remember some of your, your calls. And I, I think of the May Day, for one. 
I'm wondering if you, if you, if these were purely organic or at any point, you know, you would have written them down and you know, say, here's the time to use it. No, no, I, I they popped out. Um, like the May Day thing, for instance, Brad May had not scored in, I think it was 18 games. Now, how could I be prepared for him to score a goal? You know, it just wasn't a chance. And and to this to this day, he admits that I got him his next contract, and so did his agent. <laughs> and, and and on top of that, he never bought me a beer for about 12 years either. What you, what you think back on, and I'm sure you have over the last, uh, well, we talked last summer as you were getting started to, to set up your, your final season. I'm sure you, you're doing some reminiscing now. Uh, when you think back over the most fun, where you just had had just a riot doing a game, what would that be? Can you do that? Uh, oh, I've had several of them. I, mean, I really have. Um, so I, I don't have a specific one that I put my finger on. It's like I'm constantly asked the question of which one of those Call, goal calls is my favorite and I really I do not have a favorite of all of them. Uh, I, I just like to be in the position where it's accepted by the fans right now the Sabres are running some kind of a promotion that involves the fans voting on the number one call from the last 50 years it'll be interesting to see what they think I have a feeling though it's it's youth based because if you're talking about the younger younger people uh, it's going to be top shelf where mama hides the cookies. That just seems to be the way it is with the kids. And the other ones, of course, they weren't around for. So it'll be a, the senior citizens will have a different view of it altogether. Rick, you, um, you did something interesting. I mean, last year was your 50th year with the team, and you could have retired then, but you felt you wanted to do it in a year in which there were fans in the building. And I'm wondering how much does it really mean to you just even when you're calling games the fans and what they bring to the game oh everything absolutely everything i uh, like i said before i have a close relationship with the fan base in buffalo and uh, they've been wonderful to me over the years and it's just for me to, to wander around the city of buffalo just to go into a store like uh, supermarket like wegmans or tops or something like that uh, it's pretty amazing that the number of people who recognize me, even with a mask on these days, I still seem to figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm just reading some of the stuff and the comparisons to Rodney Dangerfield. Did you actually ever have people <laughs> walk up to you and ask you, are you Rodney Dangerfield? Oh, uh, sure I did. They, the guys used to call me Rodney all the time. The players did for, for several years. Now, if you told the players today, they say, who's Rodney Dangerfield? You know, they don't know, but, um, Back in Rob Ray's day, for instance, uh, all the players called me Rodney. I was—I uh, never heard RJ or Rick, so I, I was well aware of it. And uh, but, like I said, it's not—it's something that, again, I suppose is seniority related. Uh, and I, I, it didn't bother me. I—it I, was just players being players, you know. I mean, when you consider the length of time that you've done this, uh, you know, it's a lot. The game has changed. The world changes every, it seems, every six minutes here now. Uh, how do you keep up, How do you keep up with all this? Because you you sort of tie it all together. I mean, you, you are, you've always been Rick Jenneret. You were nobody else. And, and, you know, we've talked about this before. So, so you were able to, to sort of ride this and keep current. How did you do that? Well, I, I just try to keep up on the news and that type of thing. Um, 
I can tell you that in, in our house, my wife doesn't watch TV with me, and I don't watch TV with her. We, do, we just have different interests, that's all. Um, and we have more than one TV, so it works out pretty well. Rick, but when you're doing I, keep, the- I, I do I do keep up to date with the news and what's happening on a daily basis, current events type of thing. Rick, in the history of your career, you once had Mark fill in for you for a couple of games. And I'm wondering, looking back upon that, was that something that, you know, is something that you'll really treasure? Yeah, I do. But uh, I, he's in a position now. He is the uh, head of the Erie PA Sports Commission. And he's got a heck of a job. And he's got a bigger staff that seems to be growing all the time. So uh, I'm very proud of the way he has decided to take his life, uh, which is down that road. And uh, as a matter of fact, I should say, too, that my other son, the elder son, Chris, who teaches at Niagara College in Wells, um, are both going to be with me on the air on my final game of the year on April the 29th, which is the last game for the Sabres of the season. So they're going to operate as my color men on that particular night. Oh, that'll, that'll tonight, be quite a thrill, won't it? Yeah, it will be. And tonight, I should also mention, uh, for the first period, my color man will be none other than Harry Neal. Oh, that's okay. So just so everybody knows that we're talking about March 25th. This will air on March 26th and 27th, and that's okay. Uh, So now that you brought up Harry Neal, I mean, you've worked with a a number, a large collection of co-hosts, analysts over the years. These are really great people, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Um, the one thing I do know about the, the ceremony uh, on April the 1st is that my former broadcast partners will all be at with me, uh, with the exception, I think, of Mike Robitaille, who's not, not going to be available that night. But uh, all the rest of them are going to be out there, Jim Lorenz, Larry Playfair, Danny Gare, and the list goes on and on. So that's going to be a nice part of the ceremony as well. Both Jim and myself know Dan Dunleavy, and he was chosen to be a replacement. I'm wondering if there's anything you ever said to Dan to just prepare him for what he was about to do, because you've done it longer than any other uh, play-by-play man in the history of the NHL. You know, I can tell you this, fellas, no. And to to quickly answer your question and succinctly, no. Um, If he comes to me, then definitely I would certainly uh, offer whatever my knowledge allows him to offer. But I would say that, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I never asked anybody when I spoke into the business. I was in awe. I mean, I remember going into Montreal for the first time and looking down the radio row there, TV row, and, you know, there's Danny Yalavan. He said, he's doing the game two booths away from me. Um, and Bill Hewitt in Toronto when I went there, and I didn't do any games when Foster was around, but uh, I did with uh, Bill and with... Uh, Danny Gallivan. So that was it. I was overwhelmed in those first few times, and I, but I didn't ask any of them what I should do. I figured I'd better muddle my way through this on myself, and I did. That, that's the world we grew up in, wasn't it? <laughs> you didn't ask. Yeah. You just figured it out. Um, let, let me ask you this. I mean, you know, you're going to be honored for, and you've given a, a lot of your life to this. There's no question about that. What has what has all this? What what has the, the doing this done to you in terms of how how has it changed your life? Uh, so far, it has not, except that I can tell you it's 
I've a lot, been a lot busier retiring than I was when I was working. Um, the demands on my time are incredible, and, and they're very good about it. The ER department, the Savers, is very good in that regard. That uh, They are spreading things out and be mindful of the fact that uh, I'll be 80 uh, in July, so they, they know that, and they know things slow down with the body. And uh, it does, boy, oh boy, does it ever. Um, so, you know, they're, they're certainly sympathetic to anything that I have in that regard as far as health concerns and that type of thing. And I don't want to sound like I'm unhealthy. I'm not, not at all. I'm very good. You know, just hearing you right now, you're, you're well within yourself. You're not animated. When you do the job, and I probably should have asked Jim at some point, do you sort of prepare for it and sort of get your energy level up or, or try to become animated before it actually starts? Uh, you know what, Perry? I've been doing it for so long. I, I mean, it, it's it's by rote. Um, when I sit down, I, I just, I don't think of anything. The only thing I take in the booth with me is a lineup, blown up. I got to have the font bigger these days. I can't quite see very well without it. Um, but I, I don't, uh, I don't take, reams and reams of notes or anything like that in with me because I know I'll never get to them. I know that I how much I'm going to talk and how much I'm going to allow the color guy to talk and I know that already so there's no sense me taking in a whole bunch of stuff that I'm not going to use and I don't. You know, let's just close on this, Rick. Uh, there, there's something, um, some kind of youthful tonic in, in the, the when a game starts, all that pregame build up with the music and the fans. I mean, you, you literally just ride along with it, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. The only thing that I have a complaint about is that you got to play the music that loud before the game starts. There's nobody in the building. <laughs> Holy jeez. Every time you try to do a stand-up or something like that, they blow you right out of your seat. It is something. Rick, I, I just, first of all, congratulations on a great, a fantastic run, and really appreciate you stopping by and joining us. Uh, always a thrill to talk with you. Thank you very much for everything. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Say hi to Herb for me. Yeah, well, we're going to do that on the way out. <laughs> thanks a lot. Rick Generette, <laughs> okay. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. This segment sponsored. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one eight seven 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 three four three zero five five, or visit his website BraleyAdvisors.com. With thirty one years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. And be prepared on the ice with the Fox 40 hockey products, such as the Fox 40 Call and the Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. Yes, guy, the radio show, Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. And... Stay safe and stay heard with the Fox 40 electronic whistle, producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. The electronic whistle is perfect to bring along for any outdoor activity. Don't forget to use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. Let's bring in now one of our sponsors, Ron Foxcroft, head of Fox 40, and, of course, Fluke Transport. Mr. Foxcroft, how are you today, sir? 
doing terrific. Always a pleasure to be on the yes guy with uh, Lefko and Taddy. But guys, I need a I need an injection of of stamina. All these late games that are coming on this past week, uh, the NCAA March Madness goes till way past midnight. The the Raptors go late, and then the soccer, the soccer, Canada soccer. I you know uh, I I think on Sunday they got one more shot to uh, qualify, and they they should be able to put it to bed on Sunday to qualify to go to the World Cup. All these games are going too late, guys. I need some stamina. Well, maybe maybe right. the Fox 40 sports strength that you're you're working on could do that. You know, that's right. That's right. You know, now they're starting to give us that drink at the table. You know, at at the Raptor games on on Thursday, you know, I sit beside Herbie, Herbie Kuhn. By the way, yeah. you had him on your show and I want to say that was a a spectacular interview. He is a wonderful person. I don't think even he realizes how famous he is. But, uh, guys, I sit at the score table beside Herbie, and every single player, visitors from the NBA, of course the home team all know Herbie because he's the chaplain. But uh, what amazes me is every player from the visiting team knows Herbie. And before they go onto the floor to play, they come and give uh, emotional greetings to Herbie Kuhn. And I don't think he realizes how famous he is. He's been the PA guy for ever since the beginning. He's the chaplain of the Argos, chaplain of the Raptors. And he's just, he treats everybody. He treats the janitor and the best players in the NBA the same, special. You come away after talking to Herbie and you feel empowered. He's just a great guy, and, he, and you had him on the show. That was a wonderful interview, guys. Ron, thank you for saying that. And I, I just want to know, before the not-the-real Ron Foxcroft asks you a question, I'm wondering, during the NCAA tournament, do you have to be restrained or do you have to be kept away from your, your wife just because it's too emotional? Oh, boy, I'll tell you. You know, there's nothing like March Madness. It's just amazing. I work March Madness, and I remember, i got to tell you a real quick story. I did this Sweet 16 in Greensboro, and, and I was at a Raptor game, and a referee came up to me. His name was Josh Tiven. I believe he's number 58. And he said to me, now remember, this is going back to 1999, and this is just recently. He came up to the table, and he said, I worked, I watched your Sweet 16 game. I was a high school student. After watching that game, he even told me who I refereed with. He said, I decided I wanted to be a basketball referee, and here I am today. I decided during that Sweet 16 game that you officiated that I wanted to be a basketball referee, and I thought, oh, my God, that's that's just what an emotional story that is. And, of course, March Madness, uh, I don't think there's a tournament anywhere in the world with the excitement of March Madness, the way they broadcast it, uh, it's it's so exciting how any team, a 10 seed, can knock off a 2 seed. It's it's really exciting. Yeah, do I have to be restrained? Absolutely. Well, Ron, the fake, fake Ron Foxcroft has just come in and he wants to ask you a question. 
Well, Foxy, I think you're doing a great job. Thank you for supporting the Yes Guy show. But I wanted to ask you is the, the song by Arkell's Whistleblower, is it named after you? You know, <laughs> thank you, Ron Foxcroft. Max was in here the other day. We're doing a project that, that we'll probably announce on the Yes Guy show one of these weeks. Yeah. We're doing a project that's going to be a big deal in, in Hamilton. I never, forgive me, Perry, and forgive the, the fake Ron Foxcroft, I forgot to ask Max if that song, but, you know, maybe it was because he performed in Burlington uh, at the per Burlington Performing Arts Center, and he sang that uh, whistleblower song. So obviously it's got to have some connection, but let's get verification from Max. He'll be coming in here, and we'll we'll find that out. So uh, there's just so much to ask Max because he's so famous now and another down-to-earth guy. Well, look, you are the master of the undersell, and so, but you haven't mentioned this, and I want you to dive in here. Fox 40 will be honored at the Final Four next Thursday. Tell us about that. You know what? This has been a very emotional week for us at Fox 40 and at Fluke Transport. We were named two times in a row the carrier of the year, Fluke Transport, for Procter & Gamble, quite a significant uh, company and quite a significant award, and uh, kudos to the entire team. This this is a big honor. Winning two times in a row is like winning two great uh, great cups in a row. It's hard to do. And Fox 40, um, we're being honored next week at the Final Four on Thursday at at a luncheon that will be hosted by the NCAA American Cancer Society. IBO, which is the International Association of Basketball Officials and Coaches versus Cancer. Back in 2007. We started a program to bring awareness to the seriousness of needing to raise money for breast cancer research, and we called it the Pink Whistle Campaign, and we had all basketball referees in the United States purchase pink whistles and use them in games, particularly in games where we're on TV, to bring awareness to breast cancer. Well, it grew since 2007. It brought awareness to the need of, of raising money. Other leagues bought into the, the profile of pink whistles, NFL, and so on. And actually, people in stadiums where we were using the pink whistle would cut a basketball in half and put money into this half a basketball on each side of the stadium, and they challenge each side of the stadium to put more money in this half basketball. Anyway, fast forward to 2022. Apparently, this program has raised over $2.4 million for the American Cancer Society from the, uh, uh, shall we say, humble start of a Fox 40 pink whistle campaign for breast cancer, and it's being recognized this uh Thursday at the Final Four in New Orleans. Very, very special, very emotional. Kudos to my team to put this together. Well, congrats, Ron. You've done so much in your life. Uh, a lot of things for a lot of other people. You've helped us here, but you're a huge CFL fan, and I want to know your thoughts about possibly the rumor that they may go to four downs and how that would affect your appreciation of the game. Well, you're right. Um, CFL is my very favorite sport. Never miss it. Love it. Love everything about it, Perry. 
particularly, <laughs> I love three downs. And uh, I, I really don't think they're going to go to four downs. Uh, that, you know, I, w- I would still remain a CFL fan no matter what because, to me, it's just an amazing game. And everything about it, even the timing, the 20-second play clock, the big end zone, the three downs, uh, the the wider field, the longer field, everything. The, the, it's a faster, more exciting game. And um, I would uh, not like to see it go to four downs. I, I really feel that the, that's a mistake and they shouldn't do it and they won't do it. But if they do it, I'm still a CFL fan because, you know, the other thing about the CFL, the players play for the love of the game. I, I mean, they're just down to earth, great people available in the community. They, they sat like Chris Van Zale in Hamilton sleeps in his car in the wintertime at night to raise money for uh, a charitable causes and, and uh, pinball Clements is everywhere in the community Everybody in the CFL is is available. I love it, and uh, don't go to four downs, and I know they won't go to four downs. Foxy, you said uh, in your last answer, the one before this one, about humble start, uh, and I'm going to say right now that I, I think everything you've done has had a humble start to it. You've uh, you know nurtured these things. You've built them. you put your shoulder into them, and that's why they are so good because they started out with a, with a simple, generous premise and it moved forward. So that's my uh, pat on the back to you there. What I want to ask you is your humble start would have been your NCAA officiating career as well. How did a Canadian guy penetrate an American institution? And I mean, obviously you did very, very well because you you won awards for this, but but how did you crack that wall? Well, Jim, I went to the Olympics and they told me Canadians can't play it and, and Canadians can't ref it. You're only getting one game. I got 11 games and got the gold medal game. And uh, it was after the gold medal game, uh, USA played Yugoslavia, USA won, but it was a good game. Very tough game to referee. People, you know, like Phil Ford, Adrian Dantley, and, and Yugoslavia had a heck of a team. Anyway, um, after the game, a fellow from the NCAA came to my room and he said, have you ever thought of uh, refereeing in the NCAA? And I said, where do I apply? He said, you don't. We've just hired you. And uh, can you imagine, Jim? You know, I started in Aldershot working CYO games in Hamilton and Aldershot for 75 cents a game. And some guy saying to me, you're going to go to the NCAA. But when I went there, I found out I didn't know too much about basketball refereeing. They taught me a lot. And it was tough the first five years because they said, well, he's Canadian. He should be refereeing the violent slippery surface hockey game. What does he know? But, um, Anyway, I did a game in in uh, in Houston. We called about 65 fouls. Normally, there's 39 fouls. My partner came to me and he said, "You know, you're not Ron the Canadian. You're Ron the ref." And things started to get better from that point on. And I spent 23 years in the NCAA. And um, now, uh, this year, I just realized I'm 20 years. With the NBA, either as an observer or a replay coordinator, whatever I am, I don't know what I am, 
But uh, uh, Jim, I see you at the game, so you're important, and I'm I'm sitting there, <laughs> looking important. Um, and, well, and you got the better seat. <laughs> I got a pretty. I got a better seat than you, and I'm beside Herbie, yeah. which makes me happy. Yeah. Twenty years, uh, guys, with the NBA. It, it's hard to imagine, and I feel as excited being there, working there, as I did on day one. Ron, I wish we had more time. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for your support of Yes Guy. We really appreciate both. It's my pleasure, guys, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Visit thefox40shop.com. You'll be impressed with the uh, variety of uh, material there. And on the way out, homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. This is Yes Guy on TSN 1050. Yes, guy. No, guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the fully sanctioned Yes, Guy radio show edition of Yes, Guy, No, Guy. Go ahead, sir. We should bring Jimmy Holmstrom back, if only to have him play The House of the Rising Sun. Oh, Yes, Guy. That was fun. I really enjoyed that conversation. He's an animated guy. When I do the Leaf games, when I'm in the building, I see him all the time. I actually see him and Mike Ross on a regular basis, uh, you know, getting set to do the games. And these are great guys. I think we're going to have them both on. So, so yes, an emphatic yes guy there, which leads into this yes guy, no guy. Yes guy, no guy. Oregon players are totally underrated at hockey games. Uh, no guy. I like Jimmy Holmstrom. I'd like him even more if he played the House of the Rising Sun and Stairway to Heaven at games, but I understand they got to do what they got to do. So, no. Is that okay, guy? Okay, guy. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, whatever, guy. Go ahead. Okay, guy. You are concerned about <laughs> Canada's soccer team now making it into the World Cup after they lost the game the other day. No, guy. A mere blip on, on the radar. No, guy. Not at all. A Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock at BMO Field, uh, Team Canada will be rewarded, and so will all. It's, it's legion of fans. So, no, guy. Not concerned. Go ahead, sir. Oh, it's my turn. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Yes, guy, no guy. The Buffalo Sabres being in more Stanley Cup finals than the Leafs in the last 52 years upsets you. No, guy. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres have had more first-round draft picks than the Leafs for all time, so it doesn't upset me at all. Is that okay, guy? My second, is that okay, guy? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay, guy. Go ahead, sir. Rick Jenneret's famous call of all the calls he's made has to be Mayday. Um, I'm going to say yes, guy, to that. It's certainly the one that reverberated around North America more than than others, although La, 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 La Fontaine and the, uh, the, the, he had that Christmas thing that was just, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got a lot of great stuff there, but, but I agree with you. Yes, guy to that. Yes, guy to that. Okay. Yes, guy, no guy. Finally, yes, guy, no guy for this particular segment. NHL trade deadline is overblown. No, guy. Everyone looks forward to it, even though there's some trades before it. No, it's, it, it is not overblown. It's must-see TV. Okay, we actually have time for one more. Go ahead, sir. The Cleveland Browns may have finally found a quarterback because they've gone through so many, I can't even count them all now. 
no guy. I'm going to say no guy to that. Uh, we wish them well, but uh, I'm going to say no guy. How about you? Are, are you a, a no guy or yes guy on that? No guy. They'll never find a quarterback because they're the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and on that note, I want to thank our guests, Jimmy Holmstrom, Rick Jenneret, and Ron Foxcroft. Thank you for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed episode 68. Hope you come back next week for episode 69 of Yes Guy.